Welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church in Martinsville, Virginia. It is a pleasure to welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, as you know, we will be celebrating Veterans Day, a day when we remember and honor and give thanks for all who have served in the military and all who are serving. For those who are currently serving, we pray for their safety we thank them for their service as we thank all who have served, and we honor you. Please join me in reading responsively our call to worship. Our call to worship this morning comes from the Book of Worship for United States Forces. Let us give thanks to God for the land of our birth with all its chartered liberties. For all the wonder of our country's story, we give you thanks, O oh God. For leaders in nation and state, and for those who in days past and in these present times have labored for the commonwealth, we give you thanks, O oh God. For those who in all times and places have been true and brave, and in the world's common ways have lived upright lives and ministered to their fellows. We give you thanks, O oh God. For those who serve their country in its hour of need, and especially for those who gave even their lives in that service, we give you thanks, O oh God. O oh, Almighty God and most merciful Father, as we remember these your servants, 
remembering with gratitude their courage and strength. We hold before you those who mourn them. Look upon your bereaved servants with your mercy. As this day brings them memories of those they have lost, may it also bring your consolation and the assurance that their loved ones are alive now and forever in your living presence. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. unite our hearts and voices in the opening prayer. Heavenly Father, keep us watchful and alert as we wait for the coming of your Son, our Lord. When he stands at the door and knocks, may he not find us asleep, but awake in hope and rejoicing, so that we may live with you forever. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'd like to ask for the attention of the children for children's time. Good morning. Do you know that we are going to be celebrating a special holiday this week? On the 11th of November, we are going to celebrate a special day. It is not Valentine's Day, but it's a day when we think about love. And it's not Independence Day, but it's a day when we think about freedom. And it's not Thanksgiving, not yet, but it is a day when we are grateful. The holiday that we're going to celebrate this week is called Veterans Day. And it is a day when we remember all those who have served in the United States military in the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, the Air Force. Uh, these are all people who have defended our freedom, who have volunteered for service for all of us to defend the freedoms that we enjoy. Freedom isn't free. People have worked and served and, and done many hard things to make it possible for us to be free to do all sorts of things, free to speak our minds and express ourselves, free to worship. So on this day, I really encourage you to, to set aside some time to think about this day. One way that you can observe Veterans Day might be 
to fly a flag in your yard. Another way that I think would be really special would be for you to sit down with your parents or your grandparents and learn some family history. Ask them if any of the people in your family, your, your grandparents or your aunts or uncles or anybody has ever served in the United States military and ask them in what branch they served and, and maybe any stories that they could tell about the person who served. And that's a pretty important part of family history to remember. My father is a veteran. He served for 30 years in the Navy as a submariner. And one thing I know about veterans is that they all have families who all pray for them when they are away and while they are serving and who are very grateful when they come home. So it's an important thing to talk to your family members about and especially to hear stories and to remember stories. Our church has some stories like that too. Um, the last church I served, there was a man who served in World War II for two years. And before he left, the church gave him a little Bible and he carried it with him every single day for those two years. And one day when I was visiting, he went and got it. He still had it all these years later. And he showed it to me and showed me the inscription and, and talked about how much it meant for him to have this gift from the church and to be able to read God's word at times that were kind of scary. So learn those stories, celebrate those stories, remember those people. And if you know any veterans, call them, write them, speak to them in person and say thank you for your service. As we prepare to hear God's word, let us go to God in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, supply our lamps of faith with the oil of your word, so that on the unexpected day of your coming, we may trim our lamps with joy and expectation and eagerly accompany you to the eternal banquet. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is Psalm 78, beginning with the first verse. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children, we will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning is found in the 25th chapter of Matthew's gospel, beginning with the first verse. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. 
Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today's gospel lesson about the wise and foolish bridesmaids doesn't really resonate with most of us. It kind of seems like a parable that is far removed from anything we really think about or worry about. Sort of like in medieval days when people would argue about and think about how many angels could dance on the head of a pin. In the book of Acts, it is clear that many of Jesus' followers expected him to return and set things right during their lifetimes. The church delayed organizing itself and even discouraged marriage because they thought the world was going to end at any moment. Every once in a while, someone will make news for predicting the day or year of the Lord's return. There used to be a guy who would stand in front of the White House with a date printed on a placard. People have claimed sometimes that they figured out a mathematical formula based on biblical references, and of course, they always turn out to be wrong. Jesus himself said that he would come like a thief in the night, and in our text for today, shows up when the five foolish bridesmaids go off to buy oil for their lamps because they failed to bring any. Clearly, according to Jesus himself, his return is going to be a surprise party. The second coming has been a problem for Christian theologians for centuries. When Jesus failed to return during the lifetimes of the earliest Christians, or the next generation, or the generation after that, theologians struggled with what, them, what that meant. Had they misunderstood him? Was Jesus coming back at all? And truly, the longer we all wait for the day of the Lord's coming, the less credibility the concept has. Perhaps we're all just foolish bridesmaids, either taking for granted our readiness to greet the bridegroom, or more likely, not the least bit interested in the long postponed nuptials. And yet this text is in our lectionary, a text that we read as we near the end of the Christian year on the Sunday before Advent begins, Christ the King Sunday. This text admonishes the early Christians who heard it to 
be prepared. But in case we confuse Jesus's message with that of the Boy Scouts, we need to think about what it means for Christians today to be ready for the coming of the Lord into our lives. Keeping oil in our lamps and keeping our wicks trimmed so that we can light the path of the bridegroom may mean, among other things, that we practice living in our present days as though they were our last days. The foolish bridesmaids, after all, lived with the illusion that nothing would ever change. And we all know that one of the constants in life is change. So the text encourages adaptability, something for which churches are not well known. We've all heard the seven last words of the church, right? We've never done it that way before. I read an interesting book about adaptability several years ago. And guess which group in our world is considered the most adaptable? I mean, I thought that it might be the Marines or Army Special Forces or the Navy SEALs. No, it's terrorist cells. The church wasn't on any of the lists by the author, which actually surprised me a little, given that it has survived for over 2,000 years. But it's also true that the church serves a very different world than it did 25 years ago, and very, very different from the 1950s and 1960s, the golden years of American Protestantism. It is more important than ever that the church have a kind of, of buoyance and ability to face changing situations, that it struggle with faithful responses to them, and that it make necessary adaptations in its ministries, norms, and programs with creativity and with style. Being adaptive doesn't mean that the church should sell out to the latest trends or to consumerism or to the hot issues of the day. It means the church should seek to deal faithfully with the culture out there, which belongs to God as much as the culture in here. The question that is always before us is this. What is God saying to us through what is happening in our world and in our culture? And I believe we are called to ask that question with both faithfulness and fearlessness, precisely because we believe that God does have a future for us. If anything, that trust in God's future for us keeps us from despair, because it is true that change is infused with loss, and losses are infused with grief. Jesus has something to say about that too. In the 21st chapter of Luke's gospel, another apocalyptic text, Jesus says, Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. I read this and wondered what dissipation meant. The Greek word is kripkale, and this is the only place in the Bible where it appears. It's a word that is usually used in Greek medical texts in the ancient world, and here's what it means. The nausea that follows drunkenness. In the face of change that is so infused with loss and grief, Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be hung over. If you allow your hearts to be hung over, 
you'll miss the new thing that God is doing or is about to do. In a few short weeks, we will enter Advent. This year before Halloween was even over, I went to Target and noticed that the Christmas decorations and candy and, and music was already playing. December is often the month that we are tempted to overindulge and to overspend and to overdo, and the re result, year after year, is crepale. We collapse at the end, exhausted, in debt, and then wonder where the manger was. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to end the season groaning in, in dissipation. Because when we are numbed by it, we can't notice anything, especially not a baby born in a remote village or shepherds out on a hill or foreign astrologers looking for signs. So don't be afraid of change. God is changing things all the time. Stay awake. Be prepared. I've been thinking all week about Veterans Day. The actual Veterans Day holiday is Wednesday and commemorates the armistice between the Allied nations and Germany that ended the First World War. In the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, the fighting ceased, although it would be seven more months before the Treaty of Versailles would be signed, and seven years after that before Armistice Day became a national holiday. A change from Armistice Day to Veterans Day in 1938. My friend Brooke often tells me that my education is lacking because I was never required to memorize Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, something that he was required to do in sixth grade. How many of you were required to memorize it? Brooke thinks that all able-minded United States citizens should have to memorize these 256 words in 10 sentences. Lincoln was asked to dedicate the cemetery in Gettysburg, but Lincoln insisted that the ground at Gettysburg had already been consecrated by the soldiers who fought there. It is not the land that needed to be dedicated or consecrated, Lincoln said, it's us. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. There is something utterly compelling, Lincoln was saying, when people give the last full measure of devotion. We honor military veterans on November 11th because they offered their lives as the last full measure of devotion to their country. And we honor those who died in military service on Memorial Day because they not only offered, but gave their lives as the last full measure of devotion. For me, this year, the confluence of this gospel text and Veterans Day weekend is quite meaningful. The text calls for us to be prepared, to be adaptable, to look to the future that God has for us. And Veterans Day is a day to remember those who offered their lives as the last full measure of devotion. It begs the question for us of what the last full measure of our devotion is. There's something 
deep within our soul that is attracted to self-giving, like a moth is drawn to a flame. Something in us is compelled by the notion of giving ourselves fully to something. How are we to wait for the end of the world? Do we go about business as usual? Do we, filled with a sense of cryptale, discover, despair that the world is passing us by? Or, or do we live purposefully and intentionally and faithfully anticipating the future that God has for us? Because the truth is we're all waiting. That's the theme of Samuel Beckett's famous play, Waiting for Godot, in which Godot never arrives. And if the world doesn't end in our lifetimes either, with a bang or with a whimper, our worlds will end when we close our eyes in death. The central question of life is how to live while we are waiting for the end. And it seems to me that spending some time as individuals and as a church, figuring out what gets the last full measure of our devotion, seems a compelling and prudent and meaningful thing to do. Do not let your lamps get empty. We're all waiting. That's what we do. It's what we do while we're waiting. That makes all the difference. Thanks be to God. Amen. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Give me peace in my heart, keep me giving. Give me peace in my heart, I pray. Give me peace in my heart, keep me giving. Keep me giving to the end of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna. Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Give me joy in my heart, keep me singing. Give me joy in my heart, I pray. Give me joy in my heart, keep me singing, keep me singing till the end of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Everyone, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now with the boldness of children of God, let us pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Sure as thy truth. 
now may you go forth in peace. Live honestly, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, serve faithfully, and leave the rest up to God. Amen. Shall rise.